Are you a current or future physician assistant wanting to learn more about finances? Then join me on this journey to become a PA the FI way. Hi, my name is Kat, and I'm a practicing certified physician assistant who will be your host. It took me five years after I started practicing medicine as a PA to thoroughly dive into my personal finances after I discovered the concept of financial independence. I want to use what I have learned to help you avoid some of the financial mistakes that I have made while sharing some of the financial wins that I have had along the way. Join me as we discuss financial strategies to guide you to becoming a physician assistant on the way to financial independence. Welcome back to the PA the FI Way podcast. I'm your host, Kat, and this is the podcast for all the PAs out there that are interested in learning about financial independence. I'm incredibly excited to have two guests on today. We have both Katie Bean and Beth McIntyre, and they are both PAs and doctors of medical science who are the hosts of another podcast called Where the White Coats Come Off, and they are also the founders of the Pre-PA Clinic, which is an excellent resource for both pre-PA students and PA students. So ladies, welcome to the show, and do you mind introducing yourselves? Oh, thank you so much for having us, Kat. We're so excited to be here. My name is Beth, and I am a PA. So I graduated from the University of uh, Kentucky in Lexington. And after graduation, I did a postgraduate fellowship in orthopedic surgery. So most of my PA experience has been in orthopedic surgery. Uh, a couple years ago, I um, started teaching at a PA program, full-time faculty and part-time in the clinic. So I eventually went back and got my doctorate of medical science and medical education. Um, so love teaching PAs, love helping out pre-PAs. And uh, yeah, that's a little bit about me. And I'm Katie, and I did my undergraduate degree at Florida State University in psychology, and then went to PA school at South College in Knoxville, Tennessee. Um, I also have my Doctor of Medical Science degree from Lincoln Memorial, but I took the clinical track. And my background clinically is in uh, emergency medicine, urgent care, correctional medicine, um, anesthetics. I have a little bit of some uh, shiny object syndrome. And uh, I also have spent a few years teaching at PA programs. Yeah, that's wonderful. I really enjoy to hear about the diversity that you ladies have. And what made you guys want to pursue obtaining your doctors of medical science degrees? Yeah, we really think that it's probably going to be the future of PAs uh, down the line. Uh, So we wanted to get a head start on it. Yeah, so you can imagine like the PA, it used to be an associate's degree, and then it was a bachelor's degree, and then it was a master's degree. And a lot of things in our lifetime, in our PA lifetime, that is, um, have gone from like master's to doctorates, like physical therapy went, occupational therapy went, nurse practitioners have gone. And so we just think that probably in the future, um, you know, PAs might might go that way. It might be a grandfather in thing, or it might eventually become just, it's going to be a, um, a doctorate level program. Um, and again, we really love teaching. And so just having that extra education for teaching, having that extra training, that type of thing, we think is going to be really, really useful. And our goal too, is to help take the PA program internationally. And so I think having that extra training kind of adds a little cachet um, to things and kind of um, establishes 
us as experts in that type of field. And we're always about innovation. So always about pushing things. And so whether, you know, you're going to push your field in one way, some people do it politically, for example, Um, some people do it by, you know, working in new specialties or doing, you know, first PAs to go to space, those type of things. And so our way of kind of helping the innovation of the field was like, okay, well, let's, let's, we were in the very first class for doctors of medical science. Let's kind of set the foundation for what we want to happen or what we think that, you know, our profession needs. And so it might not be in our career time, but we truly do think independent practice is kind of down the road for PAs, at least some sort of independent practice established in certain specialties. And we kind of wanted to spearhead that and just show our passion for education, for learning and for opening up our field. Sure. Thank you for sharing all that information. That's certainly something to consider and think about. And do you ladies mind sharing what you enjoy most about the specialties that you've worked in? Sure. So when I was younger, this is Katie speaking, when I was younger, emergency medicine was so much fun. Um, Every day was totally different. It was very exciting. Your shift would pass in a blur just because there was, you know, a lot going on. There was a lot of different wheels in motion. Um, As I got older, though, I couldn't quite keep up that energy uh, level, especially over the past, um, I don't know, I would say probably like four years when healthcare started to really shift a little bit. and, And I definitely started getting burnt out. And so I switched over to um, urgent care and then aesthetics. And uh, currently now, clinically, I work in aesthetics and uh, it's totally different clientele. And it is it's really fun to help my patients feel more confident about themselves, which is something I never thought I would do as a PA. I always thought that I would probably stay in emergency medicine or urgent care, Uh, but it really is. I'm really enjoying it. It's really fun. Sure. Yeah, the beauty of lateral mobility, right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and then as far as correctional medicine, I, that was an excellent mission field. That was my first job out of PA school. Wow. So I worked at several jails in Knoxville, and it was it was awesome. It was amazing. The inmates were great to work with. Uh, I saw a lot of things that I probably would never have seen otherwise. So it was that was really cool. Yeah, and I can speak a little bit to surgical specialties. So when I went to school, surgery was the last thing on my mind. I thought primary care PA all the way. And then I did my surgical rotation. I was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe they like pay people to do this. This is fantastic. And so what I really loved about orthopedics was just the variety. So, you know, you do rounding in the morning. So you get some inpatient stuff and you get consulted. And then you do ER visits when you're on call. And so you do some ER stuff. Uh, you get, I usually did half a day surgery. So we did half a day surgery, which was my favorite part because you really, really make a difference. Like in orthopedics, we fix a lot of things. We don't manage a lot of things. We like fix you. And I don't know that kind of, you kind of get a charge out of that of like fixing. Like people have arthritis and now they don't. People have a broken bone and now they don't. And then in clinic, um, I did a lot of procedures. So I was very much procedure based. I love doing procedures. So almost every patient needs a, a cast or a splint or a reduction or a, an injection or something like that, you know, brace fitted. And so that I really like. So if you really like to work with your hands, you really like to kind of have, you know, different specialties, you can work in the, in the hospital, in the ER, in the OR, in the clinic, um, then orthopedic surgery is really, really great. And it's really just, it's one of those that, you know, uh, a lot about a little bit. And so getting really depth in your field and kind of really, really knowing what you're doing, I really enjoyed that. Um, I guess the bad part about it is all the long hours, you know, like you round at 6am in the morning. And then, you know, if your clinic's done at six, that's a good day. So even your regular days, you know, long, long days. Um, And of course, when you pull call, it's even longer. But um, being able to, you know, fix things, see things and just have a huge impact. I really love working with athletes. I'm an athlete myself. And so the sports medicine aspect is fantastic. Those are the best patients because they want to get better, right? So you actually have to hold them back instead of pushing them on with a lot of patients. So you just have a really cool patient population 
population. Um, you know, obviously orthopedics, anything from pediatrics to geriatrics, you see everything, every spectrum. And when you're on trauma call, you see some really interesting stuff and then get to see, uh, you know, patients progress through that. So orthopedics is a lot of fun if you want to work with your hands, if you like procedures and kind of like fixing people. Sure. Yeah. All of those specialties sound like they certainly have all their bonuses and pluses. And I think that's why many of us chose the PA profession because many of us might not have been able to see ourselves in one type of area of medicine for so many years. So it's really wonderful that we do have the luxury to be able to try different things throughout our career. Yes, for sure. And then I was so happy that you ladies wanted to join me on the podcast today. Are you familiar with the concept about financial independence and are you guys trying to pursue financial independence as PAs? Uh, yes, this is like a huge passion of mine because when I went to PA school, you know, I had student loans just like everybody else and nobody talks to you about like how to pay them back. They're just like, hey, when you graduate, they come due, you know, this is the interest, blah, 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 blah. And so when I graduated, I knew nothing. I'd never taken a finance class. You probably couldn't have paid me to take a finance class at undergraduate. Like I was like, no, I want to take real stuff. I want to take biology, you know. Um, and now I wish, you know, I had. Um, but I had huge student loans. And so one big thing I really wanted to do is like, I want to pay these off. And at that that time, I didn't know the term financial independence. Um, and I didn't know the term fire, uh, financial independence, retire early, but that's really what I was going for. So my thing was, is, you know, how can you be independent and have control over your time, over your life, over your money, if you are in debt, right? So if you're in debt to the government or to, you know, Sally Mae, whoever you have, you're in debt to, how can you, how can you have freedom? Right. And so, um, one, of, and I don't want to speak for Katie, but one of our big things here is that we love is that we want the freedom to pursue some other things that aren't like in office that aren't eight to five type, sit down, take care of patient jobs. We want to help advance the PA career overseas. We want to, you know, um, um, help, help students in kind of a different capacity, help them get into PA school, help them succeed. And in order to do that, we can't be tied down to kind of like an eight to five type job, you know? Um, so we really enjoy our work and we want to continue it, but we also want um, some time to pursue some things that, that we enjoy. And so I didn't know it at the time, but I was pursuing financial independence and it wasn't until I started reading and listening to podcasts like yours and, you know, blogging and that kind of thing that I realized like, wow, this is not just me. There's a lot of people who want to become debt free. And it's really not so much about the finances for me. It's about the power over your time because time is, you know, money, time is wealth, you you know, you hear the, the phrase health is wealth. Well, I think time is wealth too. So if you have the time to enjoy things in life, um, because you're not, you know, you don't have to take on extra work. You don't have this huge crush load of debt anymore. That it really does give you freedom, freedom over your time um, and freedom over your future, really. Yeah, that's wonderful. Yeah. And I've always had a passion for financial independence, but I didn't know it was called that. Sure. I didn't know there was a term for it. I just knew that, um, you know, when I was in high school and undergrad, I realized how, easy it was to get stuck in a rat race yes. in our country. And I knew that I didn't want to become that. And I didn't want that to be my future. I didn't know there was a term for it until actually I met Beth. And then she's like, oh, you know, listen about this fire thing. And I'm like, I don't even know what that is. And yeah. then I'm like, oh, I've actually been kind of doing, I'm doing that. that. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. And yeah. Um, so yes, always interested in it, but never knew it was actually a term until probably just a few years ago, which is so sad because why aren't they teaching it in high school? Exactly. Like, why are we learning 
you know, no offense to the teachers out there, but a lot of the information we learn in high school and undergrad of college is useless, like absolutely useless information. And I am sorry if I offend any of your listeners, but what's more practical is to learn about financial independence and how to invest and how to run a household because you, you're not taught that. Like I, you have to literally go to the library and check out five books and then research those five books to see who's actually telling the truth. And, and, you know, is it, is it, uh, a solid background, um, Mm -hmm. that you can actually depend on and then, and utilize. And yet, yet at at 18 years old, they'll let you sign on the dotted line and take out a hundred thousand dollars in student loans, but don't require you to take any kind of finance class about how you're going to pay that back. Exactly. And we know we have a student loan crisis in our country. And I think it's just because a lot of people just don't know and they get, they just overwhelmed. They're like, I have 250 grand worth of student loans after PA school. Like I'm not going to even care about it because I don't even know. No one taught me this. And so before you sign on the dotted line, I just can't believe, I mean, they make you like read the thing that nobody reads that's saying, yes, even if you're dead, you still have to pay this back. Right. Yeah. Um, that there is no, like, you know, there's no, I'm, I'm bankrupt. This it never goes away. Right. Student loans are forever, but they don't actually give you any sort of you know, class to work through or, hey, you have to take this one hour credit or anything like that. And I think that's a disservice to a lot of students out there because, I mean, PA students, we're smart. Like you get into PA school, like, you know, you're smart in certain ways, but never taking a finance class. Like never in my life ever, ever thought about that. I didn't know where every single dollar went, you know, until I started reading and figured out, well, I got to track that. Like, how do I track that? And now I have crazy Excel spreadsheets, but it took me a while to get there. And so I wish I had started earlier. I wish when I was 18 and I signed on the dotted line for those student loans, that we had talked a little bit about. I mean, I don't even know if I knew the difference between subsidized and unsubsidized before I even like signed on the line. And so I do think it's a disservice to students out there to let them take out this amount of debt without at least giving them some background on how they can start to pay it off. And by the way, we love teachers. Well, we are teachers. You guys are teachers. Yeah, exactly. Well, I think all that information was so great. We almost could just end the episode right there. So thank you guys for sharing your insight. I think that was so wonderful. And I completely agree that it's just devastating that we go through all this time, all this money to become PAs, and then there's hardly any financial training. So I think that that's wonderful that you guys are totally on board with that. So with financial independence, I think you ladies kind of talked a little bit about this, you know, talked about kind of wanting to control your time, those types of things. Are there any other types of concepts that drew you to financial independence? And also, why do you feel like you guys are pursuing FI? Yeah, another reason that I pursue financial independence is to create legacy wealth. Um, so I have three kids and I want to provide a future for them so that they don't ever have to struggle or that they can pursue their dreams and not have to feel stuck not being able to do something they're really passionate about because of money or debt or whatever. Yeah, so I read a quote once. It's like, and I don't have kids, but this is, so this is for Katie. But it's like something like you want to leave your kids enough money they can do anything, but not enough money they can do nothing. Yep, exactly. Right? So enough that they can pursue their dreams and not have to worry about that, but not so much that they can, you know, do nothing. So anyways, <laughs> uh, for me, um, for me, financial independence, uh, one, it's, and it's going to sound um, really unsexy, but it is um, security. So if you ever did lose your job or if something ever happened, you know, a big medical expense that, you know, you wouldn't end up on the street or losing the roof over your head or something like that. And and I'm single. So this is something I have to think about. Like, I don't know what my future holds, but right now I'm single. And so right now I'm the only one looking out for me in my retirement. And if I don't do it, you know, nobody will. 
And early on my reading, I read about FIRE. And, and again, it's more about financial independence than it is about not working. But if you have ever had a job where, you know, your boss, you're just not excited about, or they come and they change things on you, people who are financially independent can, and I don't want to say like, give them the middle finger, but can like wave by, right? So if things are unhappy, you're not, you don't like your, your work environment anymore, or somebody, you know, is just kind of a toxic work environment. You as you know, you have more power than your job. And I don't know if power is the right way to say it, but, but you can say like, Hey, you need me more than I need you. Yeah. And that is a fantastic place to be in because if a place ever gets to be too much or a job just gets to be the point where, hey, you can't work with your boss or they're not treating you right, or you don't like the way they're treating patients or whatever it is, you know, Ordinarily, if you, if you're beholden to them because you have a mortgage and you have student loans, like you have to wait till you find another job, and that could be three six months down the road. But if you're financially independent, you can say, hey, like listen, I don't agree with the way this is, and they say, okay, there's a door, and you say, okay, fine, you know, and so you have a little bit more control not only over your future but also what you what you do and how you do it. Because I think we've all probably had jobs, whether it's before PA school or or whatever, that you know um, weren't exciting to us. We didn't really like someone, we didn't really like the way it was run, but we felt kind of stuck because we needed that paycheck, and that's one of the worst feelings in the world is to be stuck in a place and using your energy and your time and you know all this stress of something that you know you wish you could quit but you can't because of money right and so that's some place that I never wanted to be again and so for to me you just the freedom to kind of choose my future and choose my legacy and and Katie and I you know we've got plans to try and help take the PA um, profession internationally and to do that you know we need not to be tied to our desks at a certain day. So we don't mind working, but we don't want to be tied to a certain place. And so like, hey, having to be here from eight to five, just because that's the way the rules are, you know, you have to be here eight to five, no matter if you're getting stuff done or, or whatever. And so for us, we're like, well, we can get stuff done, but we also want that freedom to, you know, go to New Zealand for a few weeks and, you know, teach there or, or go learn about the PA profession in another country. And so having that freedom over our time has been a big, big impetus to help create, you know, financial independence, especially in the last few years. Yeah, that's awesome. I think that it's so great that you guys do have that mission and vision to spread the PA profession throughout the world. There are several countries that do utilize PAs, but as you mentioned, there likely could be very many more. And that's really cool that you guys have that as a goal to be able to do that in the future. That's great. Yeah, there's no reason there shouldn't be PAs in every single country. Mm-hmm. Yes, we're so useful to the healthcare. We provide such access to healthcare just in our country. Just imagine what we can do in countries, you know, who have even more need, who have even less trained providers. And so that's that's one of our huge goals. And for that, we need time. Um, and we love working with students, so we don't want to give up working with students either. But you know, traditional classroom teaching is you know at a certain time, a certain place. And so we are just trying to um, you know work with students kind of in a different capacity uh, than maybe just um, instructors. Yeah, that's great. And in several of your episodes, and as you touched on already now, it sounds like you ladies both enjoy traveling quite a bit. Do you mind sharing some of the favorite places that you have been? And then do you ladies ever, that's going to be a hard one. And then do you ladies ever utilize travel rewards, credit cards at all to try to help save on travel? (laughs) It's going to be a big one. We can talk about this forever. It'll be a whole show. Um, (laughs) So favorite places, um, I'll just give you like the top five I can come up with. Sure. Uh, uh, Cambodia, um, Morocco, um, Iceland, Austria, and South Africa are my top five. Um, and then Capital One uh, travel card. Nice. Okay. Yeah. So, um, gosh, I've always said that Austria has been like my favorite country for years. And everybody always asks me like, why Austria? And it's just, you can't explain it. There's this like quaint charm there. 
Um, and, and it just, I don't know. So like anywhere in Austria is fantastic. And it's like, they still got cobblestone streets and they still don't even have like major hotel chains. It's just, it's all like mom and pop stuff. So if you ever get a chance, Austria, and then I love New Zealand. Like, I just think it's a fantastic part of the world and, and a beautiful part of the world. Um, I'm in love with Montana. That is my favorite state. Um, and I really can't tell you why it just is like, if you've <laughs> ever been out to Glacier National Park, every time you turn around is literally like a National Geographic like photo cool uh so anyways it's it's really hard to choose and actually our list of places we want to travel it's longer <laughs> every year it gets longer and longer so we definitely love to travel a lot but you know it's hard we'll only get two weeks out a year because if you're flying to someplace like new zealand or south africa you know it takes two days to get there two days to get back and so you really don't have you know a whole lot of time um and and so that's that's again if you really love the passion of travel it takes a little bit more than the requisite two weeks um as for travel hacking i totally travel hack a lot and I don't mind staying in like hostels, like I stay in hostels, like che- staying cheaply in certain places, but I love travel hacking. I've done the credit card travel hacking. Uh, Chase is probably my favorite credit card. Um, and so what you can do is you can wait until they have a huge bonus. And so what they'll say is like, hey, we'll give you a thou- 100,000 travel points if you spend four grand in six months or whatever it is. And so the big thing there is it's it's got to be money that you're already going to spend, right? So you don't want to spend extra to make points because that makes no sense, right? So, but if you say, you, you know, in, in four months and you have to spend four grand, you already do. When you wait, you sign up for that credit card, you get the rewards points. And I mean, I went to Hawaii for free like a ticket to Hawaii and a stay in Hawaii for free on travel rewards points. Awesome. I've gone to, I think I went to Iceland for free. Um, I've gone to a lot of places for free. And then you can also, every time I get a hotel, it's free to sign up for hotel rewards. Even if you only use the hotel once, it doesn't matter. Like sign up for rewards. They never expire. I've gotten a couple of hotel reward cards too. Uh, Cause you do have to kind of, mix it up or sure. they, they kind of know what you're doing. Yeah. Um, I've done the capital one venture card thing where you can get reimbursed for purchases. Um, and so there, and, and, and one big thing too, is that if sometimes if you can fly like off season, it's a lot cheaper yeah. or like shoulder season, like we went to New Zealand and shoulder season cause it was way cheaper than going in like on season. And then if, you know, sharing rooms with people is always good. Um, I fly, you know, coach class. <laughs> I do not fly, uh, uh, you know, first class or anything. I fly uh, with the plebeian cause I figure we're all going to get there. Yep. Right. <laughs> um, so there's a lot of ways I always take a carry on, even if I'm traveling for two or three weeks, I'm like laundry is a thing in most countries. Uh, so always take a carry on. So there's a lot of ways you can kind of travel hack. And again, you can travel expensively, just like you can live expensively. And so save your things. Like I'm all about excursions. Like if I go to Iceland, we're going to go scuba diving. Like we're going to do these things. So I save my money for that. And then maybe for example, we're gone a lot like hiking during lunch. And so we just bring sandwiches, right? So we save money that way, that way we can spend it on our excursion. So again, it's all about focusing on what means to you. If you don't care about the roof over your head, because you're never going to be at the hotel, then why are you staying at the Four Seasons? You know, why aren't you staying at Motel 8? (laughs) You know, because if you're never going to be there, right, it's a big thing. And so um, we take public transportation whenever we can, because it's usually way cheaper. And then you don't have to worry about driving. Like if you ever try to drive in Paris or something like that, like you're crazy, right? Um, So there's a lot of ways to kind of make travel affordable. And I know everybody's like travel is so expensive and there are some expenses with that, but I guarantee you're paying more in rent than you do in travel every year. Sure. Yeah, that's great. I love it. If any of the listeners aren't familiar yet with travel rewards, credit cards, I did an episode all about it. You can check out episode 22 and you can learn more if you're not very familiar. So all of those places sound wonderful. I've only been to a few of them. Iceland was one of them and it was beautiful, but I definitely have, you know, lots of national parks, lots of international countries on my list. And as you lady said, it just keeps growing and growing every year. So we'll hopefully be able to go some places and keep going. moving forward once the pandemic settles down a little bit. 
Yeah, we've got a whole list of everything we missed and every trip we've missed. So, <laughs> But as you knock one off, you add four or five more on right? because you meet people who have been to cool places and you hear about things. Um, and so I think it's fantastic. And we kind of like to go a little bit off the beaten path. Like not that we haven't gone to big cities and stuff, but we love to explore nature. We're big trail runners. And so we love to go out kind of, you know, away from the touristy type areas because that's when you really get to know the locals and really get to know the culture and try the food. And you know, it doesn't matter if you don't understand a word they say, there's gestures. And so that's kind of like our path passion is to sort of get away sometimes from the touristy areas. Um, and it's just, it's really, really fun just to, you know, meet people from all over. Yeah, that's awesome. I believe on one of your guys's episodes too, you shared about how maybe one or both of you have done some medical mission trips over the years as well. Yep. Yes. Yeah. I've uh, done medical missions in Guatemala, China, Morocco, Cambodia. Uh, yeah. So it's, it's amazing. And there's very few things as rewarding as serving internationally. It's just a different patient population, especially in the areas where we were working in. And, um, you know, they're just the kindest, sweetest people. Yeah, that's so great. I went on some mission trips before PA school, and then it was always my goal and passion to be able to do medical mission trips as a PA but unfortunately it hasn't worked out yet. My sister and I were going to, not this past May, but May of 2020, we were going to go to Vietnam because she's a dental assistant. So we were going to try to do a medical plus a dental mission trip together. And then obviously COVID happened. So that didn't happen. And we're hoping that we are going to be able to do a trip together in the future, but it'd be really cool to do that. That would be amazing. And it's so awesome because having healthcare skill and healthcare is a skill that's needed worldwide. It doesn't matter what country you go to, like having a skill. So skilled medical missions are so important because it's great if you want to go over and help, but to actually have a skill that is needed in no matter what patient population you go to, there are people in every country that need healthcare. It's just so fantastic because you can give back in such a way that other people can't because they're not trained that way. And I mean, people would come to see Katie from miles, hours around because it's the only time they've ever talked to any medical professional in their whole entire life. And so just knowing that you are providing access to that person um, and, you know, even patient education and that type of thing is so, so important. So I think it's awesome that PAs, especially going to have the skill that's going to translate to, you know, every country in the world. Yeah, that's so great for sure. We'll hopefully be able to go in the future and be able to travel more. We'll have to see how it all shakes out, so to speak, but hopefully that's right around the corner here for sure. Fingers crossed. Yeah. And then you ladies are in business together. So do you mind sharing how you ladies know each other and what made you want to start your guys' business? Okay. So Katie and I actually didn't know each other until April Fool's Day, uh, 2015, which is crazy because now we... It's like hard to remember a time when I didn't know her. Um, (laughs) But what happened is that we're both in clinical medicine full time and we both applied for faculty jobs at a local university or college. And we both got hired the same day because they were increasing their class size. So as part of that, they told the RPA that they would hire two new faculty members. And it just happens to be us two, right? And so we start the very first day together and they stick us in this little office that's like a two person, it's really one person office with two desks, okay? And no windows. I mean, it's like this little dungeon. And so we're like turned to each other. We're like, 
like, hey, I'm Beth, I'm Katie. And then we found out that we both love to travel, that we both kind of are unconventional um, in our upbringing, that we both are huge trail runners, that we're triathletes. And so like day one, we were like, oh my gosh, like we should start a business together <laughs> and kind of like laughed it off. It was destined. So much in common. It was destined. It was destined. And it wasn't until like COVID and all that type of thing with the world kind of slowed down that we finally were like, we've been talking about this for five years. Let's go ahead and do it. You know, what do we need? And so we knew that we loved medicine was one of our passions. We knew we loved um, travel and international and we knew we loved teaching. So we loved dealing with students. And so we wanted to come up with a business that all those passions, we could indulge all those passions. And so here we are at pre-PA clinic. We're helping students get into PA school. We're helping students succeed in PA school. We're helping spread the PA profession internationally and we're absolutely loving it. And so um, we just, I don't know, it's just kind of a thought child that kind of started one thing and, and we're just really excited to see what it's going to be like in five years and 10 years. That's great. That's so awesome. How do you ladies find that it is to have a business partner and how do you guys like working together as friends and business partners as well? So it's amazing. Our personalities like really feed off of each other and like the most positive way. So, and we work really well together and we're both like go-getters. So yes. like we can get stuff done. Like if we have a laundry list of stuff to do, like we get it done in a few hours, we hone in on it and it's done well. Uh, so it's great to have somebody not only to hold you accountable and to lift you up and encourage you when, when things get difficult, mm -hmm. because as an entrepreneur, things get difficult. There's some dark days where, you know, you're not sure if what you're doing is the right way or, you know, is there a better way or, you know, what am I doing? And uh, so it's always good to have somebody to you know, bounce ideas off and, and lift you up and encourage you. Yeah. And so I think the thing about Katie and I is that one, we knew we could work together to our drive for why we are doing this is so powerful that we knew that whatever it takes to succeed, that, you know, we were going to do it. And so it wasn't just this like pastime through us, like, oh, hey, hobby type thing. Our drive and our reasons behind it are so powerful. And then we really bounce each other out. So we all have strengths. Like Katie's really great on the one-on-one. -on -one, and I love like the big audience type thing. And she's really great with like social media type stuff. And, you know, I'm better at other type things. And so I'm better at the math. Like I keep all of our spreadsheets <laughs> and I get, you know, all of our expense reports. And, and so again, so we really complement each other. And then when it comes to together since our dreams and our goals are so similar that we always remember like why we're doing this. And so, uh, you know, and Katie has a really good mindset. And so I struggle a little bit sometimes with mindset. And so she's always there to like remind me of mindset, mindset, mindset. And then I'm sometimes there to be like, let's, let's make it practical. Like, you know what I mean? Cause sometimes she's out here and I'm like, all right, all right, let's keep it. Like, let's keep it in the realm of possibilities. So she's pushing me in some ways and then I'm kind of anchoring her in some other ways. And so it really, really works out. And just the way we see our lives going and the way we see our business going are in the same direction. And I think if you don't have that with someone and you don't have that strong bond and that understanding of, you know, strengths and weaknesses, it could probably be really hard to have a business with someone else because you do have to make decisions together. And so I think sometimes, for example, like I'm super cheap and then Katie's super not. And so <laughs> together, like, you know what I mean? Like together we make amazing financial decisions because sure. I need someone. Like I'll send Katie something be like, should we indulge in this? Because I, I can't buy it myself. I can't push. And she's like, heck yeah, I just got it. And so I know I need that from her, sure. right? I know I need that from her to like to push me to that level sometimes and, and vice versa. And so I think that it just, it really, really works with our personality and then uh, our goals are really, really similar. So I absolutely love it. Like I wouldn't want to be doing it by myself. I love having a partner. I love like we talk about mind uh, manifesting. We do um, 
a meditation together. We like swim in the mornings together to help meditate. Like, I don't know. We do all these things that help us grow older as a business, but also partners. But I think if you're not in sync with your partner that way, it probably wouldn't be super fun. Yeah, totally true. And and if your whys aren't very similar, yes, that's going to be really, really challenging because your why is what's going to be the glue, not only for your business, but for um, your people, your audience. And so that why has to be so strong. And when you're working with somebody else, it has to be almost like at the same level or as Beth likes to tease, uh, I call vibration, uh, like, <laughs> so that you're at the same vibration. <laughs> I'm learning. Katie's really working on my, uh, my mental, uh, manifesting. And so, yeah, I'm work. I'm working on the manifesting thing. She's got it better than I do though. I'm like, if it's, if it's your dream, it's for you. It's meant to be, it's already happened. The vibrations are already occurring. <laughs> the first time she texted me that she's like, it's already happened. Like, no girl doesn't happen until next week. She's like, no, you don't understand. It's already happened. And I'm like, but it's next week. And I'm like, it's already done though. <laughs> like, oh, so wow. I, like, I, it didn't, I couldn't like, I couldn't get my mind wrapped around that. And she's like, listen to this podcast episode. Like, I was like, oh, I get it. I get it. Cause I was like, it hasn't happened. It's a week from now. Wow. <laughs> so anyways, we really, yeah, we really pick each other up. And again, we're going in the same place and same direction and we absolutely love what we do. Um, so I think that's another thing too, is choosing something that's your passion, or at least that's partly your passion because when the times get tough and you're late nights, you know, you work all day long and then you're working on your business in the evenings. Again, you need that passion, uh, passion filled or one, you know, your clients see that you don't have that passion or two, like you can peter out, um, you can burn out. Um, and so I think that it needs to be something that you're super passionate about. And fortunately we work with literally the greatest audience on yes. the face of the planet. There, there isn't a better audience than pre-PAs and PA students. Yes, like agreed. they're they're eager, they're passionate, they're compassionate, they're empathetic. Um, they're just they're they're rock stars. Yeah. They're amazing. I'm so excited. We're both so excited to see what these amazing people that we're coming across every single day that we're blessed to come across and work with every day what they're going to do down the line. Because, I mean, these our clients are incredible. Yeah. And to see where they're going to take this profession. Yeah. And so like, you know, we've taken it at a certain places and they're going to take it and they're just going to make it their own. And in the next decade or two, they're going to be the ones that are like, you know, politically lobbying for us. And they're going to be the ones that are changing it to independent practice and getting doctorates. And so it's just, it's so amazing because we see how much passion they have before they've even gotten into PA school. And we're like, mind blown. When you become a PA and you start treating these patients, like the fact that you're just going to make this profession even more and even better than it is. And it's so exciting to watch because it's an exciting time to be getting into healthcare, right? Yeah, there's problems and we know there always will be, but it's changing so much. And and even with COVID, as horrible as that is, it has changed healthcare a lot. Healthcare workers were able to work in different states without licenses and they were able to have independent practice without supervising physicians in certain instances. So like that has also, you know, telemedicine has also kicked our profession up and then having these incoming students that are so, so passionate and so such go-getters and us being a part of that is just so fantastic. It's, it's amazing. Yeah, that's wonderful. I completely love your guys' energy. It's so fun that you guys are friends and also business partners. That's absolutely great. Do you mind sharing some of the services that you guys offer through the pre-PA clinic for pre-PA students as well as PA students? Sure. So for pre-PAs, we have several courses that take you from application to acceptance. So basically how to complete your CASPA application to make you the most competitive applicant. We also have another course to um, crush your PA school interview. Um, so we have a background in academia. Um, we've worked at PA programs and we've, we saw 
candidates make the same mistakes on their CASPA application and in their interviews that would either cost them an interview or a seat into the program. And so uh, we don't want that to be, I mean, these are amazing candidates. We don't want that to happen. So we have those two courses. Um, we also have personalized uh, services uh, like mock interviews. Um, we do a CASPA application review just to make sure everything looks good. Personal statement, editing and review. Um, we also, for PA students, have a membership, a monthly membership. And the reason why we did that is because when we were working in academia, where students got in the weeds the most would be like that first and second semester A&P. And no one tells you that, hey, you should be studying A&P and biochem and all of that stuff, uh, you know, refreshing on it before you get into PA school because you hit the ground running. And PA school expects you to have basically just finished A&P and remember it all, right? Because they're building on that foundation. So we sure. created a monthly membership that yeah. helps students going into PA school for their first semester who've already been accepted and who are currently in PA school to catch up. Yeah. So we just thought about the things that we wish we had had when we were students. Um, and so we have a unique background because we have worked both clinically as a PAs, but then we've worked at PA programs. So, you know, before we started working at a PA program, all we know is what we did to get in. And that's what most PAs are aware of. I applied to this school and this school, and this is what I did. And they said, yes. And so you don't really know like what was the strongest part of your application? What was the weakest? You just know what you did. And so you can try and give advice, but again, it's kind of guesswork. But when we worked at PA um, schools and we did CASPA reviews and we did interviews, we realized like what schools are actually looking for and why they have these requirements. And there's such mystery around the PA school application process. And I think it's because it's so cumbersome and so unwieldy and every school's a little bit different that students, they just get paralyzed and like, I don't even know what to do. And we have great students like abandoning the field because they're like, hey, I don't know if I'm good enough or I didn't get in the first time. And we didn't want that to happen. Um, and so, you know, that's why we started all these services. Um, and we just think we come from a unique background that a lot of people don't have that we've been in academia and, you know, we still teach and adjunct and we know like what people are looking for. Um, and then I remember like in PA school, like the first time you figured out you didn't understand respiratory physiology is when you took your test. Right. And that's the last thing you want to do is not realize until you take your test that you don't know this. And so this is why we have this membership. It's 17 bucks a month. And it's like, OK, you can take some case studies. Here's a chart to memorize. Like here's some questions. We and do some videos. Practice questions. Yeah, do videos, surface anatomy type stuff. And just so you can understand like, hey, do I understand this concept and I can move on in my studying or do I need to study more? Because we don't want you to find out in that first test because, you know, we've we've been teachers at PA schools, not every student makes it through. Unfortunately, there are attrition rates for our schools. And so we just hate to sure. see students work that hard because it is so hard and so expensive to get into PA school and then have to be dismissed first or second semester. Now you have all these student loans and you're not going to be a PA and you've wasted, you know, six months of your life in school that you'll never get a degree for. And so we just don't want that to happen. That just doesn't serve our students because I can imagine being in that position. I don't know how I'd pay off those student loans if I didn't, you know, have a job. And so we just didn't want students to be in that situation. So that's kind of kind of where our thought process was. And we always enjoy feedback from our students um, about like what they need or what they want. Uh, and so that's kind of how we curate our services. Um, and of course, we have our podcast, which is one of our most fun things. And again, we just wanted to give students, um, keep them excited about the field, um, give them some information that they might not have. Not everybody has a mentor or wants a mentor or can afford a mentor, but that they can listen to our podcast and kind of glean some some tips from that. Yeah, that's great. If any of the listeners would like to work with you ladies, how could they be in touch with you to start working with you guys, check out some of those services or different types of things that you guys have, resources for them to try to get connected with you guys? Sure. So the platform that we're most active on is either Apple Podcasts at where the white coats come off or Instagram. And our handle is at 
Pre-PA Clinic. We're also on Facebook at Pre-PA Clinic. We um, have a website. Uh, yes. And uh, to see all of our uh, services, our website is prepaclinic.com, where you can see an entire list of what we do. Um, free resources. We have lots and lots and lots of free resources. And you can find that um, on our Instagram, uh, the link in our bio. And again, our handle is at prepa clinic. And of course, if you have any questions, please reach out to us. We love, love, love connecting yes. uh, with you. And um, it's just such an honor. And uh, we're just so blessed and grateful to be able to, to work with pre-PAs and PA students, and of course, PAs as well. Um, this is li literally, we have like the best job yes. in the entire world with this business. And uh, so if, if any listener has any questions, please reach out to us. Yeah, that's great. Thank you so much for sharing. All right. Well, thank you so much, Katie and Beth, for joining me today. It was an absolute blast to have you both on the episode today. I think that the resources and the services that you guys offer for both pre-PA and PA students sound wonderful. They sound as though they would have been great to have back when I went to PA school. So it's very cool that you guys have your different backgrounds as well as have been PAs yourself, but also teachers in the profession too. So that you guys do have that unique insight. So thank you ladies for all you do and for trying to help spread the word about the profession as well as even take it internationally. So you guys are great and keep up the great work. Thank you so much for having yes. us. Thank you, Kat, and really, really enjoyed it. Thank you for tuning in, and I hope that you decide to continue to join me along this journey of becoming a PA the FI way. Please take a moment to press the subscribe button on the platform that you are listening to this on, but more importantly, consider sharing with another current or future PA that could benefit from the information that we reviewed in this episode. Take care and have a great rest of your day. Until next time.